Hello, this is Jan Scruggs, founder of the National Vietnam Veterans Memorial on the Mall in Washington, D.C. And I'm here today with someone who has lived the world of the Vietnam Veterans Memorial. Pet Pellerin is his name. Uh, he's one of the great, you know, experts on public relations and kind of building your case and using the media and, and, and dealing with problems with the media. So he ended up was a public relation with a public relations firm that we were involved with at the time run by a guy named uh, John Meek, one of the great PR people of all times, big tall Oklahoma guy. And uh, Pat, and we had quite a team put together. So Pat, uh, can you just kind of tell us how you started with the Vietnam Veterans Memorial uh, and uh, and we'll go from there into what you're doing now, which I think people are going to find very interesting. Yeah, you know, it started out, as you said, we were I worked for a firm called Edelman that was run by in here in Washington by John Meek. And uh, we were hired by the Vietnam Veterans Memorial Fund back in uh in uh, 81 to uh, help promote the memorial. It had gotten off, off the ground. By the time we were there, you had uh, just completed the, uh, the design contest. There were over 1,400 designs uh, and you just completed the design contest. And one of our first jobs was to uh, announce the design, have a press conference to announce it, the design, have Maya Lin, who was the designer, 20, 21-year-old Yale student, young Yale student who designed the memorial to come in and do the press conference. And we came in and unveiled a design. And uh, I think the press conference went off well. It started, a, I think, a movement uh, of support uh, for the memorial. Uh, as you know, as it, as it progressed in, during that first year or so, there were people who did not like the memorial. They didn't like the design. And they were also put off, unfortunately, by the fact that Maya Lin was of Oriental descent, although she was born in Ohio and was as, just as American as you and I. But um, she, um, so we went through the process of, of, of getting the memorial approved. There were some people in the administration who didn't want the memorial to go up. And finally, uh, Jan um, met with John Warner, and uh, John Warner called a group in. I'm not going to get into details. And and pulled it all together and, uh, and, and the process was on its way. Um, we, during the PR during that time, we just tried to give positive stories about the memorial. We didn't get involved too much in the, the pro and con of the, uh, of the design uh, 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 conflict, but we did try to talk about the pros of the memorial and how good it was gonna be and how terrific it was gonna be. One of the things that hit me, and it hit me very strongly, is that two days before the dedication of the memorial in November of 82, uh, I was over at the memorial doing some work to get set up camera stands and so forth for the, for the uh, presentation and, uh, or the ceremony. And I noticed a bunch of people just started coming in to the, to the memorial grounds. There were a uh, uh, those horses, you know, those wooden horses that were blocking the, the grounds and they just pushed them aside and they came on in and they were were just coming in, staring at the memorial, putting a, the first of the of a, the many, many things that were left at the memorial down. And I, I watched that for a long time. I was up on top of the memorial and I thought, well, you know what? This is work. This works. This is going to be a really terrific memorial here in Washington, D.C. And I never will forget that. 
And I think to this day that has held true. And after seeing all those people, I thought that the, anybody who wants to criticize the design is uh, wasting their time and my time. Uh, so it was quite, a, quite an event, quite an opening event. Well, year after year, you've given back to that Vietnam Veterans Memorial. Uh, you are a, a veteran of the Vietnam War. You're an Army captain, I believe. Yes, I was uh, in a supply unit in a little town, well, the fourth largest town in Vietnam called Quinion, which oh, is Quinion, along yeah. the South China Sea. And we supplied the uh, Central Highlands. Yeah. Well, uh, that work was very much appreciated. Unfortunately, as brilliant as you were, you were unable to change the course of the Vietnam War. <laughs> yes. but, uh, well, I, I guess that's true. I think they would have given you, you know, maybe a star, a couple of stars if you got figured out how to win this thing or get us out of that mess. But uh, well, that was a little above my pay grade, I think. Yeah. Well, you're ready for it now. I'll tell you right. <laughs> ready. Well, tell us, be you know, because you're there. Uh, you know, once a week for the past uh, six, seven years, and, you know, you live in Washington, D.C. What are the types of things that people leave there, and why do they leave them there? Well, what, what we saw early on when it was first uh, uh, opened up, first dedicated and opened, where there were a lot of, a lot of items left, like uh, dog tags and boots and uh, uniforms and uh, uh, newspaper clippings. I remember seeing a lot of newspaper clippings and uh, and just a, a wide variety of things, including uh, uh, bottles of liquor, which they left in honor of some of the guys on the memorial, and um, which I guess the Park Service drank. I don't know what happened to them, but anyway. Uh, and we saw a lot more. Today, we don't see as many what we see now. Uh, it, although I think you were out there a couple of weeks ago and we saw, did see some boots and a uniform, but we generally see now uh, uh, tributes to the soldiers who are on the memorial, uh, and a lot of school groups come through that just have a generic, uh, uh, something they leave for the, for the, the, on the memorial grounds rather than something specific to someone. Uh, but there have been a number of things. We have a warehouse out in, in Maryland that houses all of these things. And there's some 400,000 items that have been left at the Vietnam Veterans Memorial. Uh, probably the most uh, interesting one was a, uh, was a motorcycle built by a bunch of guys in Wisconsin. They brought it to the memorial in honor of the names of the Wisconsin uh, uh, men and women on the memorial wall. And uh, it is now in the warehouse and it goes out on regular uh, tours of uh, exhibits and reviews around the country so that people can see along with some of the other things so people can see just what has been left there but i think we're seeing now a lot less of that we're seeing more of the generic uh, uh, uh items brought in by school groups we see some of the some of the uh honor flights come in and they they leave a few things the honor flights being older vets coming in from different parts of the country well we see less of it than we did certainly uh, uh, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, it, it poses a real problem for the National Park Service because they have uh, limited storage and uh, you need to keep these in a curatorial environment with controlled temperatures and humidity and all that sort of thing. Right. So uh, they have their hands full and they do the best job they can. Uh, I'm wondering, uh, 
Besides that, have you ever seen anybody leave something really dramatic there? I saw recently a picture of somebody who left their leg there, their, their artificial leg. <laughs> I heard about that. I did not see that, but I, I heard about it. I don't think you can get a whole lot more dramatic than that, I would suspect. But <laughs> yeah. No, I haven't seen anything nearly as dramatic as that out there. Yeah, he may still be looking for it, too. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. Nobody's been around looking for it when I've been there, so I don't know. Yeah. So the controversy over the Vietnam Veterans Memorial was a very, very significant thing. It came in a very significant historical time in the United States. You know, we had a brand new president, Ronald Reagan, and uh, uh, we had a nation still kind of trying to chart its course, you know, in foreign policy. We had made our biggest uh, mistake or our biggest loss. Uh, was Vietnam in the 200 plus years we've been hanging around as a nation. And uh, uh, people were really sort of un, unsure. So when we put this design out there for people to look like, to look at and evaluate, it was very difficult for us to actually uh, express the brilliance of it in two dimensional drawings. It really had to be kind of built. And yes, I agree. I agree with you there. It was. Even when I first saw the uh, the draw the the, the mock up the, the at the uh, press conference, I still I had not seen it before, uh, and it was uh, I, I was a little surprised at it. Uh, I wasn't I was it was didn't bother me in at all, but I was just a little surprised because most of the monuments are, are there. Actually, there's only one monument in Washington D.C., and that's the George Washington. But most of the memorials were quite different from anything that. Uh, Myelin had uh, had designed, and it was just uh, it was uh, unusual uh, for the for the mall. Yeah, yeah. This was actually the largest architectural competition held in the history of Western civilization, at least at the time. It was later eclipsed by a, another uh, competition, but the designs that were placed in in the in the hat for con consideration. A lot of them wanted buildings that would somehow be a miniature Lincoln Memorial. It would be Lincoln Memorial's little brother yeah. on the side, but it was, would be very vertical. But we wanted a design that would be horizontal and that would work with its environment. And uh, that's kind of what we, what we got from Myelin. Well, I, yeah, I think she definitely achieved, achieved that. And I'll tell you that talking to people who come down there, uh, you know, when I'm down there, and it's a lot of people from all over the world come down there. Uh, they are all uh, in agreement that it's, uh, it, you know, it does uh, exist with the, with the local environment. And they're all amazed when they get down at the bottom, when they come down to the apex and how, what a different feel it is from any other memorial in Washington. Yes, and I have to make sure that our vast Lydia listening audience to my humble podcast will remember to go take a visit there and, and see the way that the the two wings of the memorial intersect the Washington Monument and the Lincoln Memorial. It's a very yes. inspiring thing that puts the, the memorial in the context of, of history. So final thing is, have you... Uh, What's what kind of people have you met there that you've been most from worldwide visitors who you've been most surprised at? I met some people who were from Hiroshima. 
<laughs> yeah, Japanese people bring Hiroshima. They had their tour guide with them, and they left a little card, a little, a little like a postcard of Hiroshima, and they all signed their names and everything like that. But it was very fascinating, and for them, you know, it was a sign of respect and uh, yes. a very, very beautiful thing. How about you? Well, that's what we see. We see most off most uh, is the signs of respect. I there was a Native American uh, older. Uh, gentleman who came down there one day when I was there and he did a ceremony in honor of one of the names on the memorial. He did a complete ceremony. It took about 10 minutes and it was just very moving. Uh, I had a group of, of young Vietnamese come down one day and they started putting banners on the bottom of the memorial, stretching all the way across. And of course, I was concerned about other people coming in and uh, talk to them and so forth, but it was their way of showing uh, tribute to the uh, to the men and women on the memorial. Uh, they were young Vietnamese. They were the sons and daughters of, of both people who had come over here after the war. Uh, but you see uh, see that all the time where I, I saw a Oriental group, a group from the Orient come in and one of the guys did a deep bow in front of the memorial. I mean, uh, it's just amazing. Uh, not not counting the many, many people you see who come in who are uh, relatives of of the names on the memorial and how they react and they react. Uh, many start crying. Many start uh, feeling, you know, that they they need comfort. I mean, we do not give them comfort. That's that's something that we don't want to inf- interfere with. But we certainly uh, give them their space to uh, to uh, uh, grieve at the at their own at their own rate. Well, we appreciated your we appreciate your uh, your brilliant analysis of uh, the Vietnam Veterans Memorial, the people who who come there, the items have been left there, your own history uh, uh, in the Vietnam War, and, and you, you're continuing to to give back. This is good, and uh, we uh, wish you the very best. And uh, want to thank you, Mr. Pat Pellerin. You can say goodbye to everybody now. Well, I want to say uh, it's it, it's been one of the real uh, pleasures of my life to have been associated, to continue to be associated with the memorial. It's, it is uh, just a worthwhile thing for me. Good. Well, stay healthy. We need you there. <laughs> getting older, Jan. Getting older. Oh, no. <laughs>